Hello, this is Pastor Nathaniel, and you're listening to the Edit Talk for the Eddie Walk Podcast. Here you'll find messages meant to edify and encourage God's people in the maturity, purity, and unity that comes from following Christ. From devotional thoughts to sermons from our Sunday morning services, my prayer is that the time you spend listening to this podcast will help you grow closer to our Lord and also lead you to loving others like He loves us. Let's get right to it. Good morning. I praise the Lord for how He plans things out. It's like He's God or something. (laughs) Two weeks ago, we talked, spent some time in the first part of Mark chapter 13. We were talking about the end times. How Jesus' second coming can happen any second. Well, today's the first Sunday of Advent. And I like to go back to the lectionary to preach from scriptures from the Christian calendar. And Mark chapter 13, verses 21 to 37, following up what we did two weeks ago, is what is on the lectionary, the gospel reading for the first Sunday of Advent, 2020. How about that? Quite an accident, huh? No, it's not a coincidence either. You know, you look at this and you think, now wait a second, that doesn't sound like much of a Christmas message. Mark chapter 13, that's all about Jesus and Him talking about His return. And the end times. Who wants to talk about Armageddon when we could talk about wise men and manger scenes? Well... You'll see why we're talking about His second coming in a few minutes. Let's go to what Jesus says about His return in Mark chapter 13. I'm going to start with verse 21 and read all the way to verse 37. At that time, if anyone says to you, Look, here is the Christ, or look, there He is, do not believe it. For false Christ and false prophets will appear and perform signs and miracles to deceive the elect, if that were possible. So, be on your guard. I have told you everything ahead of time. Isn't it nice when someone gives us a heads up? That's what Jesus is doing. Heads up! Verse 24. But in those days... Following that distress, let me remind you of the distress he's talking about. We read it two weeks ago. How there will be wars and rumors of wars. Earthquakes, famines. But in those days, and those words are interesting because that's often how a prophet of the Old Testament would talk You read Joel or Zechariah, and they'll use those words, in those days. And and they're talking about the end times. 
So Jesus is making clear to his Jewish audience and us today, he's talking about the end times. In those days, following that distress, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from the sky and the heavenly bodies will be shaken. At that time, people will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory. And He will send His angels to gather His elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of the heavens. Now, learn this lesson from the fig tree. As soon as its twigs turn tender and its leaves come out, you know that summer is near. Even so, when you see these things happening, you know that it is near, right at the door. I tell you the truth, this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. Now, you might be thinking, that generation died a long time ago. Some of what Jesus predicted did happen. In the year A.D. 70, Rome toppled Jerusalem. So earlier when he's talking about the destruction of the temple and the abomination of desolation, try to say that ten times fast. That stuff, well, the abomination will happen later in the end times, but the destruction of the temple happened. And other things happened. There's a little warning that Jesus gives. I don't think we're going to read it. He says... Boy, it's going to be bad. Pray that all this stuff doesn't happen in winter and pray that nobody's pregnant. And the reason he said that is because the people would have to flee the city of Jerusalem and to flee the city, the place they were to go, where Jesus instructed them to go, you had to cross the Jordan River. And in the wintertime, the Jordan would flood. You want to hear something cool? When Rome, the Roman army took over Jerusalem, it didn't happen in the winter. And they were able to cross the river safely. Some say they were able to because Jesus gave them the heads up. Anyway, I'm taking a rabbit trail. Let's get back to the Scripture. Verse 31. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. No one knows about that day or hour, not even the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. So you don't believe him when people say, I know the day Jesus is coming back. I remember having the stuff scared out of me when I was in the seventh grade because somebody said Jesus was going to come back December 3rd, 1991. Guess what? They didn't know. They got it wrong. Because here we are, November 29th, 2020. That guy who made that prediction might just say, he's late. <laughs> yeah, just not, 29 years. Anyway, I had too much coffee this morning. Can you tell? <laughs> Verse 32. No one knows about that day or hour, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Be on your guard. Be alert. You do not know when that time will come. It's like a man who goes away. He leaves his house and he puts his servants in charge, each with his assigned task, and tells the one at the door to keep watch. Therefore, keep watch, 
because you do not know when the owner of the house will come back, whether in the evening or at midnight or when the rooster crows or at dawn. You notice he marked out four times there. He knew his culture. He knew who was listening to him. That's the four watches of the night. Back in those days, if someone had to watch out overnight, especially a Roman soldier, they would watch it evening, midnight, when the rooster crows, and dawn. They'd be awake for the whole night, but that's when they'd really check things out. Verse 36, If he comes suddenly, do not let him find you sleeping. What I say to you, I say to everyone, Watch! Lord, I thank you for the promises we have here in your word. And Jesus, we look forward to the day when you come back. When you make all things right. And you gather up all those who believe in you unto salvation to enjoy eternal glory with you forever and ever. And Lord, I pray that you find us awake and alert, ready, not negligent or complacent. Lord, we put our hope in your return. And Lord, our desire is that everyone would put their hope in you and your return. So Lord, help us be good witnesses. Forgive us of those times when we weren't and And Lord, continue to help us as we walk by faith with you. And I pray you continue to be with me as I preach your word. And may only your word be spoken, because when that happens, that's when you draw us closer to you, Jesus, and make us more like you. And it's your name I pray all these things. Amen. I could make it a really short message. You get Jesus' point here? You can sum it up in one word. Watch! Or I could sum it up in two words. Be alert! Or how about four words? Be on your guard! Or how about 2,776 more words? Because that's what the Lord laid on my heart. That's just a guess. Christmas is the time when we celebrate His arrival in a manger. But let's not forget, He'll be returning soon as our conquering King. The conquering King. The ruler of all. Remember how we closed last service? If you, if you don't, you can go back and watch it. SpringNaz.org Shameless plug. We close with a Nicene Creed. And let me review what that says about Jesus. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, begotten from the Father before all ages, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of the same essence of the Father. Through Him... All things were made for us and for our salvation. He came down from heaven. And that's why we put Christmas trees up, hang wreaths, 
We celebrate that baby in a manger who came from heaven. He became incarnate by the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary and was made human. He was crucified for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. The third day He rose again. According to the Scriptures, He ascended to heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again with glory to judge the living and the dead. His kingdom will never end. I can sum that up in four words. Joy to the world. It's the fifth Sunday of the month, and we like to tie in a hymn with the message. And uh, it's Christmas, first Sunday of Advent. So I titled this message, Joy to the World, Part 2. Because I used the same hymn two years ago. I'm sure you remember. Just in case you don't, a little background for you. Isaac Watts wrote that hymn. Isaac Watts started writing poems when he was seven years old. And then he began to write hymns. And a lot of people didn't like that at church. Because at church, you don't sing hymns, you sing psalms. Sounds like a controversy we've had over the last 20, 30 years, huh? We don't sing hymns, wait, we don't sing courses, we sing hymns. Well, 300 years ago, they didn't sing hymns, they sang psalms. So Isaac Watts was writing these hymns and he had enemies. He made enemies. They didn't like that they were singing something other than the psalms. One guy, he was a bully. He said, listen listen to those songs Isaac's writing. Those aren't hymns, they're whims. They'll never last. Well, we know they did, huh? We know, especially one of them did, Joy to the World. We sing it every Christmas. I don't know if he would like that. He might, but it's not why he wrote it. He intended it to be a song about Jesus' second coming. Did you know that? I was blown away when I learned that. Joy to the world's not a Christmas song. Yeah, the first couple verses, you can tell how we really turned it into a Christmas song. But then you get in the second and third verse, you realize, duh, all that stuff hasn't happened yet. Verse 3 says this, and it's okay if you want to hum it in your head, but I'm not singing it right now for you. No more let sin or sorrow grow or thorns infest the ground. He comes to make His blessings flow far as the curse is found. Far as the curse is found. Far as, far as the curse is found. Yes, He does make His blessings flow, doesn't He? But I know many, some here even, who experience sorrow this week. We all struggle, huh? There's things that... We're human. 
We struggle with sin and temptation. Can you see how this isn't originally a Christmas song? I don't know about you, but sometimes when I'm walking in the woods, I get hung up on some thorns or briars. I don't like it. I'm pretty, I know, they're still out there. But, but this song, Joy to the World, says, No more let sin or sorrow grow, nor thorns infest the ground. And what's this curse he's writing about? Go back to Genesis chapter 3 and we read about the curse in verses 14 to 19. Adam and Eve, they ate the forbidden fruit in the garden. Now things were perfect till they disobeyed. And you remember the curse? The first curse came upon the serpent, the one who deceived Adam and Eve. Satan, the fallen angel himself, as a serpent, deceived them. Said, oh, you surely won't die if you eat that fruit. And we don't know if it was an apple or not, but that's the joke. Eve had the first computer. She, she had the apple. We don't know what it was, but we know that that was the lie. You sh- surely, you won't die. God wouldn't create something just for it to die. What happens is you'll be just like God, knowing good and evil. And it looked good. It looked like it was good for eating, so she ate it. She gave some to Adam, and then their eyes were open. And God showed up. And He's going to lay some curses down. First thing He does is curse the serpent who deceived His creation. And you might recall, He says, Snake, you'll strike at the the man's foot, but He will crush your head. A prophecy. The first prophecy of Christ. And then He goes on to the lady and says, When you have babies, it's going to hurt. Ladies, did it hurt when you had babies? I have Laura on videotape. (laughs) Not the whole thing, but the beginning. With Reagan, our first, and I ask her in one word, honey. Can you tell I used to interview people for a living? In one word, honey, sum up labor. You know what one word she used? Epidural. And it still hurts ladies when they have babies. And then there's Adam, his curse. What was that? He'd have to work the ground by the sweat of his brow. He'd have to mess with thorns. That's the curse. Things were perfect in the garden, but we disobeyed. We sinned. A holy God can't be around sin. So, out we went. Knowing good and evil. The joy to the world, the Lord is come. This is where it's a Christmas song, huh? Because how can we sinful people be made right with God? Because Jesus came from heaven to earth. And as we read in the creed, died on a cross, paid the penalty we deserved. And we're forgiven and made clean. 
when we believe in Him and ask Him to forgive us, He, he does something. He makes us new. It's the greatest miracle of all. It's a new spiritual birth. We put our faith and trust in Jesus as our Lord and Savior. That's the good news. He's our Lord and Savior, and He's our coming King. He rules the world with truth and grace and makes the nations prove the glories of His righteousness and wonders of His love. And wonders of His love and wonders and wonders of His love. Now, as we walk in relationship with Jesus, day by day we grow closer, become more like Him, and the wonders of His love are wondrous. I think we talked about that last week. But I know there's nations on this planet that do not honor God. You see how this is not a Christmas hymn originally? He based this this hymn he wrote, Watts, from Psalm number 98. And it's pretty cool how you see Jesus in the beginning of the psalm as the coming baby, and at the end you see Him as the coming King. Listen to the last couple verses. And you'll see just the transformation that creation has, and then who rules in verse 8 of Psalm 98. Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the mountains sing together for joy. Let them sing before the Lord, for He comes to judge the earth. He hasn't done it yet, has He? He's going to do it. That's the end times. He comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples with equity. And then you better believe every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess that He is God. And He'll make the glories of His righteousness. Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. We haven't seen the second coming yet, but we can be certain it's going to happen. We can look forward to it in hope. We have an inspiration for hope. We find Him in the Christmas story. Luke chapter 2. We find a guy who is sure of what he hoped for. Simeon. Now that's a cool name. If I had a son, I wouldn't have named him Simeon. I always liked Philip. Doesn't that just flow, Philip Ferguson? Laura didn't like that. So we had three girls. That's not how it works, kids. <laughs> Simeon's a cool name. Simeon was a cool guy. With Simeon, it's one of the very few times we see the power of the Holy Spirit come upon someone before Acts chapter 2 in the New Testament. Before Jesus sent from heaven the Holy Spirit upon His people. We actually see the Holy Spirit spoke to Simeon ahead of time. And he made Simeon a promise that Simeon put his hope in. He said, Simeon, you're not going to die until you see the salvation that comes from heaven, that comes from the Lord. 
So on the eighth day, when baby Jesus was going to be circumcised, as according to Jewish custom, Simeon went to church like he did. He went to the temple. You read about it in Luke chapter 2. He knew something was different about that day. He realized his hope. He saw the salvation of the Lord in this baby. And he testified to it. You see, Simeon can be our inspiration because he knew how to wait forward. It's always nice to have something to look forward to. huh? Like I look forward to when all this COVID stuff is behind us. But even more so, Christians, believers, we look forward to eternity, life eternal with Him. And like Jesus, we want everyone to have that same thing to look forward to, right? And what was great about Simeon, well, he had to be patient, huh? We read that he was a very old man. We know he waited for what he hoped for for a very long time. But he knew how to wait forward. He knew how to not let his patience become complacency. Because that's the temptation. Sometimes it's just easy to get comfortable and complacent. It's just me and Jesus on the gospel road. No, that's not what Jesus said in the Great Commission. It's just you and me, baby. Go. He said, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. We go with Him to share the good news that there is joy in this world. True joy. Joy to the world that's only found in Jesus. Joy that we can know in this life in relationship with Him and when He comes again. How about we sing about it? We don't have hymnals. Thanks, COVID. But you may know by heart, and we'll put the words up on the screen. As the praise team comes, let me close with some prayer. After the song, I will do a little benediction. Father, I do thank You for Your great love for this world. For You so loved the world that You sent Your only begotten Son that whosoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. That's one thing the world gets right. Maybe they don't even know they do. When we talk about believe at Christmas time, because that's the whole reason You came, Jesus, that we could believe in You and us sinful, lowly people could receive the gift of of salvation that's only found in You, Jesus. So Lord, I pray You open our hearts this morning. I pray that if there's anyone whose heartstrings You're tugging on, may they sense Your Spirit talk to them. And, and Lord, whatever business You might have to do with them, whether they need to receive that 
gift of salvation through Jesus or recommit their life to You, Lord. Lord, all of us, maybe we're dealing with something we need to say. God, I'm sorry. Help me with this or help me with that. Help me to not live for me, but live for You. So that others may know the joy that's in this world because of Christ. Lord, I thank You. Thank You for this season. Thank You for each soul here this morning and out in virtual land. Bless us as we sing this song, as we praise You and look forward to Your return, Jesus. In Your name I pray. Amen. Would you stand? Thank you for taking the time to listen. If this podcast is helpful to you, please rate us on iTunes or like our page, Springwater Church the Nazarene, on Facebook. Have a great day and Lord bless.